Lent is a, a great time, it's a great season, and it's a great Christian tradition. And a favourite of many Christians who like to dip into the monastic custom of going without for the sake of Christ. But as much as self-denial and abstinent commitment can be a good and worthy endeavour, they can easily become just another way of puffing ourselves up, as we see in the Gospel message. They can be another way to be proudly showing the world how much of a martyr we are as we give up certain pleasures to pursue Christ. One of the central biblical passages or uh, championing self-denial is found in Mark chapter 8, verse 34 to 38. It's the moment when Jesus informs his disciples that whoever intends to follow him must deny themselves and take up their cross. And in taking up their cross, they are unashamedly confessing Christ and forfeiting their life in that process. So this self-denial, this taking up of the cross idea, has sometimes been interpreted as being a severe and a penitent denial of our worldly pleasures. Now consider the words of Thomas Acampus, a monk who wrote these words. He said, learn to die to the world now, that then you may begin to live with Christ. Live to spurn or learn to spurn all things, that then you may freely go to him. Chasten your body in penitence now, that then you may have the confidence born of certainty. A campus and other medieval theologians often interpreted self-denial in this spurning the world sense. They argued that the call of Christ is a detachment from earthly things and that a good Christian follower should keep yourself as a stranger here on earth a pilgrim without its affairs do not concern it do not concern at all and so as we come to this ancient lenten season this ash wednesday as we come as 21st century followers of christ so is christ calling us to deny ourselves really uh, uh, really a, a directive to is he really giving us a directive to to shun all the things of this world Let's look at Mark 8.34 to 8.38 again. Uh, it'll be put up on the screen. But I want to concentrate the verse that follows Jesus' sayings. And verse 35 says, For those who want to save their lives will lose it. And those who want to lose their lives for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. So essentially, Jesus is saying that whoever prioritizes their own happiness in this world will not find it. While the person who abandons the self-centered pursuit and puts Christ first will find happiness in abundance. There is nothing in the there, there is nothing in there uh, this particular passage about loathing or in any of the gospel passages about loathing all the things of the world. There is nothing about denying oneself all pleasures. It's simply a matter of prioritizing and obedience. When Christ talks about self-denial, he's not suggesting we imprison ourselves in a, a pathological humility. humility. Rather, we, uh, what, what Jesus is advocating is freedom, a freedom to let go of narcissism and replace the, the primacy of our own will with an obedience 
and dependence on Christ. This is not to say that the Christian life is easy. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is correct when he points out that there are demands to discipleship, that grace is not cheap, but grace is rather costly. Here's what he said. He said, costly grace confronts us as a gracious call to follow Christ. It comes as a word of forgiveness to the broken spirit and to the contrite heart. It is costly because it compels a man and a woman to submit to the yoke of Christ and follow him. It is grace because Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Bonhoeffer offers us one of the best models of self-denial and costly discipleship, a model that can be framed in ways other than the negative and world-avoiding tone of people like Thomas Akampus. Bonhoeffer does, doesn't offer uh, an isolationist or uh, an escapist view of the world. On the contrary, as Jesus said, we should love the world and we should feel the jagged imperfections of the world. This is essential for the real experience of grace and God's redemptive work in the world. In a letter to a friend, Bonhoeffer wrote these words. He says, it is only completely in this world that one learns to have faith. One must completely abandon any attempt to make something of oneself, whether it be a saint or a converted sinner or a churchman or a so-called priestly type, a righteous man or an unrighteous one, a sick man or a healthy one. By this worldliness, I mean living unreservedly in life's duties, problems, successes and failures, experiences and perplexities. In so doing, we throw ourselves completely into the arms of God, taking seriously not only suffering, but those of God in the world, watching with Christ in Gethsemane. That, I think, is faith. That is metanoia. And that is how one becomes truly human and truly Christian. Even in the darkest places of Bonhoeffer, who was a Christian minister, who was thrown into a Nazi prison cell during the age of the Holocaust. Bonhoeffer was convinced that the world was full of Christ's dwelling grace. Through all his trials and suffering under the iron fist of the Nazi regime, Bonhoeffer took the positive as Jesus. And the Apostle Paul did, uh, as the Apostle Paul did, he had a negative view. He, sorry, he had a positive view of the world. He understood like that of Jesus and the Apostle Paul, uh, that what, what, was suffering is, it, what suffering was about is not just about my own personal experience to this evening, but that suffering is the larger groaning of the world that wants to be made right. Let me read what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 8, 21 to 23. He said, creation itself will set, be set free from the bondage, from its bondage to to decay and will be will and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groaning inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. So when we frame self-denial in this light, when we frame self-denial in this way, this taking seriously not our own suffering but those of God in the world, we begin to shift self-denial away from being anything remotely self-centred and we shift it 
to where Jesus and the Apostle Paul locate self-denial. Self-denial is an involved act. It's a hands-on act. It, it, in concert with the cross and in concert with the resurrection and all what that means to the world. Self-denial is not an inward, an inward action this evening. Rather, it is an outward motion of God's grace and it overcomes all darkness. Finally, Bonhoeffer wrote these words. He said, Jesus does, does not promise that when we bless our enemies and when we do, and when we do good to them, they will not use and persecute us. They certainly will. But not even that can hurt or overcome us as long as we pray for them. For if we pray for them, we are taking their distress and poverty, their guilt and perdition upon ourselves and pleading to God for them. We are doing vicariously what cannot, they cannot do for themselves. Every insult that they mutter only binds us closer to God and to them. Their persecution of us only serves to bring them nearer to reconciliation with God, further the triumphs of love. With God and further the triumphs of love. And so this Lenten season, this Ash Wednesday, the start of Lent, we should join with Jesus, the Apostle Paul, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer to recognize that the spirit of self-denial, which is so critical to our Christian identity, is not so much about our own valiant effort to avoid things or to go without things. Lent is much more about a call to passionately place, place ourselves in Christ, finding ourselves in him and letting him work through us for the sake of our neighbor and for the world. As we put ashes on our forehead this evening and go about our 40 days of Lent, let us not once praise ourselves for the effort because it's not about us. It's about living our lives for others, for the sake of our Christ and for the gospel and gaining true life in the process. Please pray with me. Jesus, in your name, give us your wisdom to guide us in choosing the better path in our daily lives, the path that leads to life and to you. Draw our hearts to your truth, which always sets us free. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.